Since the bonus two-man game inside. Domas, dominant, dynamite inside on that one. Not afraid, and he got some dog in. And the steal! They can tie it with a three! Murray, yes! A Murray miracle in the desert! Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. In Golden One Center, recording after Sacramento's loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves on Monday night, the 27th. A pretty disappointing one. And we'll start with that. Obviously, came into the night and everybody knew, including the fan base, very much so, as you could tell, because as I'm driving to the game around four five o'clock I, I took a peek at what the cheapest ticket to get in the stadium is and it was around 150 and some people were telling me that they were seeing numbers even higher than that on other sites so there was a lot of anticipation going into this game and I think it was understandable you know getting to watch Sacramento end their 17 17 year 16 season postseason drought I think would have been a special moment. I think the crowd obviously very much would have celebrated that as it would have deserved to. And there was three different ways that could have happened. Any of these three things needed to happen. Either the Phoenix Suns needed to lose to the Utah Jazz. The LA Clippers needed to lose to the Chicago Bulls. Or the Sacramento Kings needed to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Any of those three things. None of them happened. None of them happened. And... I get why that's disappointing. There were shirts on every seat when we got here today, gray shirts to match the gray uniforms. Obviously, there was a sense of excitement. It was the most media I've ever seen at shoot-around this morning. There's an ESPN mic there. I don't know that I've ever seen an ESPN mic, for example. Excuse me if I have a little bit of a sniffle. I think I have uh, some sort of cold coming on or something, so forgive me for that. But a lot of anticipation going into this game, admittedly built by media and the fans i think that the players had been saying the coaching staff had been saying the entire time it's just another game and i'm not here on this episode to tell people how to fan and how to feel i will forewarn people i am planning on as you can kind of tell by the title episode here just trying to present a reminder that this team is still making the playoffs this team is still making the postseason There's no question that that's happening. And this team is still going to be the third seed, more likely than not. It'd be very difficult for this team to fall out of the third seed. They're five games above the fourth seed, Phoenix Suns. And let's see, they're at 75 games. There's seven games remaining. They practically have to lose out to even fall to four. It's not happening. It's like I highly, highly doubt that is happening. So I just want to keep that in perspective. Again, I understand where disappointment would be coming from. But to me, I just think it's important to keep in mind that this team is still a three seed. They've still been wildly successful this season. Like like I just said, it's the third seed in the Western Conference, the Sacramento Kings. What were your expectations coming into the year? I understand the people that paid money to get in here. You could feel that this building wanted to explode. But that's not what ended up happening. And there's a handful of reasons. By the way, there's going to be post-game quotes here, as there is every post-game pod. Um, But today we have Harrison Barnes, De'Aaron Fox, and Coach Brown. But just some of the initial standouts, 
Sacramento got in a lot of foul trouble. Kevin Herter was in significant foul trouble at the end of the game. DeMontis Sabonis was in big foul trouble, ended up fouling out. But by the time he fouled out, the game was pretty much over anyways. Um, The Kings shot horribly from three, five of 27. This is the least amount of threes that they've made all year. And it's only the sixth time this year that they've shot 27 or less threes. And now they are one and five in those games. Like it's important for this team to get up a lot of threes. It's also the least amount of assists that we have seen. They had 16 to nine, 19 was the previous season low. And that's what ended up happening in this one. And they didn't really turn the ball over either, but I thought it ended up being a lot of ISO ball. The ball pressure that Minnesota is able to play with when they have a three-time defensive player of the year behind them in Rudy Gobert, I think it really affected Sacramento. They have a lot of length. You know, we, we talked about um, Jaden McDaniels coming into this game and obviously Rudy Gobert. I, I think that their length definitely stands out and that's been something that's bothered Sacramento. This is now the first team to beat Sacramento three times. Obviously, they don't play the Eastern Conference teams more than twice. So those are technically ineligible for that statement. But this is the only team that's beat Sacramento three times. The Warriors still have an opportunity to do that. But as of right now, this is the only team that has managed to beat the Sacramento Kings three times this season, which I think that in itself is an accomplishment. They've put an emphasis, they being the team, on trying to win every season series or at least tie every season series. And this is going to be the standout one as of right now, which is concerning when you look at the standings. And if the season were to end today, let me make sure that I have this right before I say this and excuse any sort of possible background noise as they break down Golden One Center since the Kings are going to go on the road for a little while here and get ready for whatever events are going to be going on. But as I was saying, if the season were to end today, the Kings would be playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that has obviously played them extremely well. Um, I want to start with, I I think it was some of the things that I just kind of laid out right. And also Sacramento needs to do a better job on the defensive end. When Minnesota has a defense like they do, you don't want to let them get settled in the half court and constantly being have to play, constantly having to play against their half court defense. So if you're able to get stops, then you can get out in transition on the other end. And it's just the typical defense translates into offense. So you don't have to play against this team that has Rudy Gobert, Jaden McDaniels, and so much length. When sometimes Nas Reed is out there at the four as well, um, you don't want to have to play against that team in the half court defense. So getting stops is important for this team. It's kind of one of those games that's like going to be forced to be a defensive battle. I want to start with De'Aaron Fox's postgame presser. Um, It was a pretty short one, actually. So I'm just going to end up playing the entire thing here. And De'Aaron is... um, kind of like this sometimes and I, I I feel weird about the wording that I just used there I guess but like he can be very down after losses which is normal I think that's I personally like to see it you know maybe I wish that you could get some better quotes from him after losses but he's clearly disappointed that they lost the game and I think he also puts in perspective that like they're still clinching. When it comes down to it, this was just another game. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to just play De'Aaron's post-game audio here. Did you just see that one kind of get out of hand for you guys? Um, we weren't able to get stops when we needed, but uh, we also shot 
eighteen percent from three. So, and and just how disappointing was it as a group for you guys, knowing just kind of the circumstances of tonight? Um, I mean, we lost the games. <laughs> Not the end of the world. And what what can you do to, I guess, play at the pace that that you guys need to play at when? A team like Minnesota is playing the defense that they're playing, and and they're being pretty good about not turning the ball over. Uh, it starts with just getting getting stops. I mean, obviously we, we try to run um, after makes, but um, it's much easier to run after after getting a stop. So it's not always about just you know uh, making them turn the ball over, but um, we have to just find a way to come up with stops and, and get a defensive rebound, and it'll be much easier to run. De'Aaron, you had 20 in the first half. Uh, what did they do to slow you down in the second half, and did the spacing go away with uh, the three ball not falling? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's a long team. They, you know, started to fill gaps more. Um, didn't leave guys on an island. So, um, you know, I feel like the help defense was a lot better in the second half than it was in the first. De'Aaron, now you have the chance of doing this on the road. Is it frustrating that you won't be able to do it with the fans and be able to see the reaction? Um. I don't think it's frustrating clinching a playoff spot, even if we're in a different country. So, no. Nah. HB talked about a little about the pace. I mean, did you see how much did that kind of disrupt what you guys were looking to do offensively? Um, maybe not being as, as quick as, as usual. I mean, we have to be better defensively. I think that's where it starts. Um, like I said, we, we run pretty well after makes, but, um, when you're playing a team like that, who's a really good half court team, uh, you have to be able to get stops to, to get out and run and just try to get them out in transition. Dear, and there was a lot of anticipation and, and build up for this game. Did you guys, did you guys kind of share in that? Did you, do you have that same sense of anticipation for tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, guys wanted to, um, guys wanted to clinch a playoff spot at home, um, and wanted to share with our fans, but, like I said, at the end of the day, um, regardless of where we where we do it at, I think it's going to be people are going to be appreciative and people are going to love it. So, as you've said a couple times, it doesn't matter sort of when and where you clinch. I mean, you've been here longer than just about anybody. What what it, what will it mean when that happens? Um, given I mean, given your history here, I think it's big for 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 myself for the fan base. Um, Obviously, you know, not being in playoffs for 16 years, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a big deal. But, um, like I said before, it's, it's a step into, um, it's a step closer to, to making your, your, your true goal. And, and every competitor wants to win a championship. And that's just one step that you have to take to get there. Least amount of triples you guys have knocked down in the game. Is there any aspect of like ball movement or shot selection that stood out to you there? Or is it as simple as shots not going down? I mean, I think there were times where they took away the three, but I also think, um, we missed a good amount of open threes tonight. Um, we didn't shoot as many as, 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 uh, as we want to, but, um, like I said, I think they just did a good job of being able to take the three away. And that's it from De'Aaron Fox. That was his full presser. Obviously a little bit short and, I think, like, for example, somebody in the chat here says, like, kind of tough sound by Read the Room. I'll just say that, like, De'Aaron Fox had this same energy coming into the game the entire time. At shoot-around, we got him today, and he got asked, like, is this a special game in any sort? Like, is this is this added in any sort of way? Is there an added excitement to this game? And, you know, he was like, this is another game. He's very happy for the fan base that... They get to experience that, and he's made that clear. 
but De'Aaron very obviously like my read is that like making the playoffs should not really be an accomplishment in the long term. And again, this again, I like somebody saying read the room, right? I get where that ties back in here. But as a like De'Aaron we're used to the wording as a competitor, you want to win a championship, is what he said. Right. And I think that's the mindset you want your best players to have. I get that De'Aaron gave his all out there. De'Aaron was busting his ass. Like, you can't watch him play and say that he didn't try, that he didn't care. He had moments where he was trying to kind of take over that game. I think that the lack of spacing did affect him later in that game. When guys aren't hitting shots, it makes it difficult for De'Aaron to get to the rim. They have a three-time defensive player of the year there. So to me, I understand why people could maybe be slightly frustrated with what De'Aaron said, but my perspective is this city is going to get to experience their first playoff game in 16 seasons, 17 years at home. They can have that moment together with the fan base in the first playoff game. Like, I think the funny quote was De'Aaron saying like we could clench the postseason on any planet and I think it'd be a good thing like in the end they've been good enough that the first playoff game in 17 years is going to be at Golden One Center they still get to celebrate that moment with the fans so I think that I'm never trying to sit here and tell anybody how to fan it's the last thing I'm ever trying to do I'm just trying to provide perspective that when it comes down to it, this was another game. I get it would have been a great moment to be a part of, but the moment is the playoffs in my mind. They are a clinching. We've known that. That first playoff game is going to be the special moment, and that this team has been good enough, in large part due to De'Aaron Fox, that they get to experience that at home. So that's my little rant on that. I hope that doesn't come off the wrong way again. I'm never trying to tell anybody how to fan I get why it was frustrating. I wanted to be in the building to experience that as well. I think most people, that, like everybody that was here, wanted that to happen. I understand that frustration, but take a step back, as I say in the title, take a deep breath and try to somewhat keep the perspective of where this team is at right now. And they're still going to get that home game, that first postseason game in 17 years in Golden One Center, thanks to the phenomenal play of this team. And again, a lot of that has to do with De'Aaron Fox and it goes beyond that. But I I think that just, just try to keep that in mind for anybody that's getting on De'Aaron about this. The next thing that I want to move to here is as you heard De'Aaron say, I like to me, I I think it's important to the bigger takeaway I have from this game doesn't have anything to do with clinching. It has to do with the Minnesota Timberwolves themselves. Again, the only time the Kings have managed to beat the Timberwolves this year in the four games they've now played season series is over when it comes to regular season was an overtime game where De'Aaron Fox kind of had to give them, give his all. So it's a, obviously been a tough matchup for the Kings and mentioned that like, it's going to be a defensive battle. I want to, Actually, before, sorry, before I get to that, we do, we do also have Harrison's comments on not clinching at home, and I'll, I'll just play those here. I want to get to that before I move on. Here's Harrison Barnes on not being able to clinch the postseason at home. 
I know this is just another game for you guys, but is there any aspect of it being disappointed when clearly the fan base was so excited to potentially clinch tonight and also being able to experience that in front of your home crowd? For sure. I mean, you know, like I said, the fans have been great all season. They've been great since I've been here. So obviously, you know, it's disappointing for them. But, you know, as a team, um, like I said, our focus is just continuing to get better every single day. And while this was a missed opportunity for a lot of different reasons, um, you know, we will continue to press forward. Pretty simple. You know, acknowledgement of like, I get that people wanted to clinch at home, but it is what it is. You got to move forward. And to somebody in the chat saying it matters for the fans, we paid a premium price today. My response would be that like, the team busts their ass to try and win that game. Like, say what you want or feel however you want to get i'm not going to tell anybody how to feel about De'Aaron's post-game comments but like you could see on the floor that guy was busting his ass out there he did everything he could for them to win this game and do that for this fan base like i'm sure that De'Aaron would have enjoyed that moment so that's what i'm going to say on that like the fans paid a premium price I, i'm not trying to downplay that in the slightest i know it was expensive to get in this building today and I'll just say, I think that the players, De'Aaron Fox included, busted their ass to try and get that win. Next thing I want to get to here, Tyler points out uh, the defense seems to be getting worse. I don't know if it's effort or just or just being lost, but it's getting worse. Uh, prior to this game, they were 29th in defensive rating post-All-Star break, which is concerning, extremely concerning. And that's where a lot of the issues come for this team in my mind. Um, and Minnesota is a team that exposes that. Minnesota is a team you have to be on the defensive end because they are such a good defense themselves. So I'm going to first play coach's opening statement and then get a little bit more into that topic that I was discussing. Um, they give Minnesota credit, man. They, they came in there and, uh, came in here and did a fantastic job. Um, I mean, I start with the kid, Jane McDaniels. Uh, we had no answer for him to start the game and, uh, the way he started, uh, the game offensively, uh, helped him get a lot of confidence as well as helped his team get a lot of confidence. So great game by him. Uh, and then they just had other guys, uh, like, uh, Nas Reed, who's always been a, a handful of us step up and, and, and play big for him. The kid Jalen Noel came off the bench and played extremely well. And when you get those types of contributions, you know, as well as Conley going six of eight from the floor, when you get those types of contributions from your, your quote unquote role players in a tough ball game, it makes it tough. But, uh, I give them a lot of credit for, the way they came out uh, and and aggressively took it to us on the offensive end of the floor by scoring and and then defensively I thought they were really good too uh, they pushed out on our three uh, on our uh, three point shooters their length their length is is really good uh, they they made us rush uh, quite a few threes um, that 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 made it tough uh, you know and our guys uh, you know the one thing. We, we did really well. Well was, um, you know, we only had two turnovers in the second half. Um, and they turned the ball over a lot, but we didn't get enough ball pressure to, uh, force many turnovers tonight. And so they, they definitely won, uh, the possession game, uh, because of it. Uh, but against this team, we got to get out and run. We can't, 
uh, wrestle with them and go against their set defense like we did as much tonight. To Coach's point, the Minnesota Timberwolves average the third most turnovers per game in the league, 15.5. Tonight they had six. Six. And again, against a team that, according to basketball reference, is 10th in defensive rating, and I think they have moments where they're better than that, specifically when you're talking to Jaden McDaniels, who talks about himself as he's the best defender in the league. I think he is up there. I don't know about best in the league, but I think that he belongs on an all-defensive team. And you have Rudy Gobert that's a three-time a three-time defensive player of the year. Like You have to do what you can to get stops, get out in transition. And another way, obviously, to get out in transition is to get turnovers. Again, team averages. Um, I, I forget what the exact number is real quick, but excuse me. Um, the least amount of turnovers that the Timberwolves have had in a season, there's only been three times they've had less than 10. And tonight they only had six. There was only one game they had less turnovers on the year than what we saw tonight against Sacramento. Uh, going back to what their average is on the year, they average 28 turnovers per game, which is the third most in the NBA. So Sacramento's got to be better on that end. And uh, Coach did expand on having to beat the Timberwolves on the defensive end of the floor later in the presser. So here is that. Mike, before the game, we were talking about possibility of distractions, how your team handles those things. Do you feel like any of the circumstances of tonight may have played a factor, maybe the anticipation uh, within your group and maybe take you out of your game a little bit? No, because they, they, they've, I, I feel like they've defended us well throughout most of the year. And I think we beat them once in a double overtime game. And, you know, we went small and, and Trey hit some threes to get Rudy out the paint, and, you know, played a little different. But, you know, they, they've been a handful, of, a handful for us uh, the entire season. So, we, you know, if we face them again, we're going to have to try to figure something out. And not, it's going to have to be more of a defensive oriented game because at the end of the day, uh, they're, they're just going to, push out on, on, on our guys when, when you got a, a three-time defensive player of the year sitting in the paint uh, impacting you at the rim. Um, they're going to give up the, the, those twos, and we're going to have them at you know, scoring a, 115 points on, on 46% shooting. That's enough to win the game, so we're going to have to score twos the way we do, but we're going to have to garner some stops against these guys, especially early so that they don't have the confidence they had throughout the course of the ball game. And early, he's specifically talking about Jaden McDaniels, man. I mean, when Jaden McDaniels comes out and has 13 points on six of six shooting in the first quarter, that's a tough start. You know, HB had 10 in that quarter as well, but Jaden McDaniels putting up 13 when he's not exactly one of their scorers is uh, putting it kindly. He's probably the least talented, easily the least talented offensive player in that starting lineup and a big impact player defensively, so he's still going to get his minutes. When he's putting up 13 in the first quarter, that's not a great recipe. And Coach always talks about how, excuse me, geez, um, when you let a team get comfortable, that it's just so much easier for them to knock down shots from there. And I, I think that that's exactly what we saw happen with Minnesota today. Also, um, foul trouble. I think very much stood out to me. As Tyler Greener said, Herter's a negative on defense. 
that's also putting it kindly. Like, to be blunt, Herder was bad on defense today. He was getting targeted nonstop. At the end of the first half, he had only played 15. He had played 15 minutes and had three personal fouls. Um, going back a little bit, at the end of the first quarter, uh, he actually only had one foul at that point. And let's see, what did I say at the end of half again real quick here? Uh, three personal fouls, and then he picks up two more within his first four minutes of the third quarter, putting him at five, and therefore he has to play super reserve the rest of the game. I thought that Minnesota was attacking him relentlessly, and it was working. Like, Herder needs to be better defensively. Also, the team needs to better be better at rebounding the ball. I think that there were offensive rebounding issues early in that game, seven in the first half for Minnesota, and specifically six in the first quarter, which is tough. You, you have to play physical against this team. And one of their staples is being physical without fouling. And that's obviously not what happened tonight. I actually asked Coach Brown specifically about that in postgame, and here was Coach's response. Yeah, Coach, with one of your defensive staples being uh, physicality without fouling, what did you see in that aspect tonight, and what do you need to do to be better there? Uh, I know at the beginning of the game we weren't we weren't physical at all, you know. And like I said, we we it's something that across the board we have to get more consistent with, you know. Um, even our pick and roll coverage, you know, we when you're guarding the ball, you hear the call of where to send the ball. And what we're supposed to do is when you hear the call, you're supposed to one, two into the body and into the ball. And not many of our guys do that consistently. Davion does, and Davion's an elite defender. But most times we wait, we get hit, and then we're chasing the ball downhill, and it causes a domino effect, especially how small we are at times on the backside. So, uh, again, it's something we're going to keep working on. It's something we're going to keep preaching. Uh, but we have to, we, we have to somehow try to do it, not just in pick and roll situation. The kid, Jay McDaniels, just drove at us and we kept backing up and trying to stop him at the rim. He's 6'10". It's going to be hard to do that. But those types of things, you know, getting up into the ball and being physical at the point of the ball so he doesn't have the ability to get downhill and then it's a, a, a challenge at the rim that we're probably not going to win because of our size. So those are types of things that we're going to have to do a better job of is getting up into the ball with better ball pressure, being more physical and not allowing any blow-bys in order for us to be able to defend at a higher level. I always appreciate when Coach gets a little bit more into the details of what needs to be done better, specifically on the defensive end, where obviously this team has a lot of struggles. And you very much saw that tonight. And he mentioned their lack of size on the weak side. I think that stood out all year. That's why he's been on Malik and Kevin Herter to be better rebounders. And Kevin had an okay, I mean, three rebounds isn't great, but he also played 26 minutes. Admittedly, I, I think that Harrison Barnes stands out in that aspect. He did end up pulling down five boards. Uh, four of those were late in the game where I thought he was a pretty good rebounder, but only one in the first three quarters is kind of tough. Um, not a great rebounding night from Sacramento. Trey Lyles actually led the team in rebounding. And I thought that he was phenomenal in on, on the glass and making sure to take care of that. 
but the rebounding needs to be better. As you mentioned, the ball pressure and the communication that comes from that bigs and then locking in the ball pressure after the fact, I think is extremely important for this team. And they just have to clean up those details. When it comes down to it, this team lacks size. And when you look at Minnesota on the other side, that's a team that has a lot of size. And speaking of, by the way, Alex Len was the backup five tonight. And I thought that was a little bit interesting with Nas Reed not being with Nas Reed being the guy that Alex Len was matched up against in the first portion that he was out there. But rebounding had been an issue against this team. Obviously, you need some length, you need size. Maybe they're just trying to see if Alex Len can be an option headed into the postseason, maybe you just kind of want to test and see what you have because you certainly don't want to be testing and searching in the postseason. So if you're going to try to figure things out, now is the time to do it. But I thought that was a bit of an interesting decision. As as Coach mentioned, the one other time that they did manage to beat this Minnesota team, the only time they managed to beat this Minnesota team, uh, Demonis Sabonis did end up fouling out and they went to Trey Lyles at the back of five and kind of just fully committed to the offense, to pulling Rudy out of the paint. And I think that that could have made some sense in this game. I, I would have liked to see them try that, but I actually thought that Len played okay. I thought there were moments where maybe Nas Reed kind of got what he wanted, but I, I admittedly am, I think that Nas Reed's a pretty good player on the offensive end. And I think that he's just going to have a couple buckets every once in a while in some of these games. But I didn't really mind the Len minutes all too much, but it was definitely notable that they went to him. Also, Chemezi Metu played, I think it was two and a half minutes last game before he got pulled for some poor shot selection and uh, not great defense and rebounding. They tried Rashawn Holmes. That didn't work. So backup center, it was something we knew was an issue at the very beginning of the year. Still an issue. Still trying to get that solidified and figured out, which is not exactly what you want to see at this point in the season, but it is what it is. And Tamana Sabonis almost played 40 minutes. That's probably what you're going to need from him in the postseason. And because you're going to be leaning on him so heavily in the playoffs, hopefully you don't lose the game in the six minutes that he's not out there when Domas is playing 42. I'd get ideally a guy's not playing that much, but that's what it's going to take for the Sacramento team in the postseason. The... One other quote that I do want to get to here also was uh, Harrison Barnes. I asked him about that rebounding specifically and and their defensive struggles in general when it comes to tonight. So here's Harrison Barnes postgame. In what ways do their, does their length bother you guys? And, and is, it, is there a silver lining in that there are things to learn from the way they defended you tonight that you can take forward? I mean, obviously, um, you know, kind of similar to – you know, if you're playing Memphis or if you're playing Utah, you know, they're going to try to find things to the big. But like I said, I think for us, um, you know, our, our defense, um, like I said, just allowing them to, you know, trying to have their way, score the ball, us taking the ball off the net every single time, you know, not getting it out in transition, not capitalizing on that and just playing just as freely as we do. I think we were kind of slowed down, bogged down and, um, we didn't have a lot of assists tonight. So, you know, just as a whole, you know, you learn from it and you get better. You guys struggled on the glass early in the game, and then that number kind of evened out, but they got some big offensive rebounds at the end there. What were you seeing that led to that? I mean, it's just it's just game rebounding. I think you know that um, anytime, you know, their guards get downhill, Domas rotates or the big, you know, gets off Rudy, um, you know, we have, to, we have to crack back. And, 
You know, I think their wings do a good job rebounding. Jaden McDaniels, um, Kyle Anderson. Um, you know, so for us, you know, not only tonight, but just moving forward, I mean, we have to know that those, those possessions are going to be big for us, especially if we play, you know, 23 seconds of defense. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 What? Now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. That first question was from Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, who I I think does a great job of covering this team. want to make sure it didn't come off as me trying to take credit for Chris's question. Just forgot exactly what I had clipped there. Second question was from me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, they... The the theme here is that like our offense would have been better if our defense was better because we needed to get out in transition. You don't want to be playing against a Minnesota team like that when they have a set defense. And I think that also answers the question here from Sean. I get why Metu didn't play today, but why no TT? Why no TD? The team was ice cold and it was painfully obvious. And why not give him a shot? I wouldn't have minded it. I, I definitely see your logic, but I think the answer in my mind that you probably would have gotten there is that again as those guys kind of had been expressing that the defense needed to be better to lead into the offense, that it's not as simple as shots, not going down necessarily like that did play a part, but they didn't get up the same amount of threes that they usually would. And if you were able to get out and transition and, and get some stops that maybe you would have got more semi transition threes up, you would have got more fast break buckets and size and rebounding was obviously an issue against this team. Terrence Davis doesn't really help with any of that. I think that he could have gone out there and got some shots up, but and maybe could have worked. I, I'm not trying to totally just uh, say that I disagree with your idea or anything like that. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I'm just trying to explain what I think the answer you probably would have gotten there from the guys. Um, if anybody has any questions for me before I get out of here, let me know. Um, I'm going to kind of try to think if there's anything else as I wrap up here. Uh, we could peek at the standings real quick at the end of the day today. Oh, I will say, I think the next clinching scenario for Sacramento is tomorrow's game against uh, between the New Orleans Hornets, the New Orleans Hornets. Wow. The New Orleans Pelicans and the Golden State Warriors. If the Pelicans can beat the Warriors, I believe, and I'm regurgitating information that I was told from yeah, I'm regurgitating information that I was told that I believe if the Pelicans beat the Warriors that the Kings will clinch. I think. Don't take that for gospel. My advice, check the NBA Communications Twitter in the morning. They will tell you what needs to happen for Sacramento to clinch. But that is my understanding as of right now. And then obviously, the next two games that Sacramento has are against the Portland Trailblazers, that first one being on Wednesday, day after tomorrow. If they win that game, they clinch. I think there's also two other circumstances that Sacramento clinched that day, that if the Clippers were to lose to Memphis 
And then I'm not exactly sure who needs to lose between Minnesota and Phoenix, but there's some sort of outcome in that game as well that could end in Sacramento clinching the postseason. So it's going to happen, guys. Tomorrow or Wednesday, like everybody should know, this is always, this is going to happen. That was known coming into tonight. It's disappointing that didn't happen tonight against the home fans, but they've played well enough that they are going to have a home game against their first playoff game in 17 years, 16 seasons in Golden One Center. And that is going to be the moment. Tonight would have been a moment, but the moment in my mind is that first playoff game and it gets to be on the Golden One Center floor. So I think that's amazing. Sean asked, does this game change the order of what your preferred matchups would be in the playoffs or was Minnesota already pretty low on that list? I actually got asked yesterday on ABC 10. I got to go on with... Kevin, John, and Matt George. Matt George of the Locked On Kings podcast as well, who is somewhere in the building, probably working on his post-game pod. So shout out to Matt and shout out to Kevin as well for both those guys having me on. They asked me what I thought the most favorable matchup would be, and I tried to keep it to the four teams that Sacramento I thought could reasonably play in that. They, they could end up in that six spot and play Sacramento at three. And to me, that's Phoenix the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Timberwolves. And I actually went with the Warriors. I don't think there's a good answer, though, to be blunt. And I I probably should have started with that. I don't think there's a good answer. Minnesota's length worries me for reasons that you saw tonight. And by the way, they didn't have Carl Anthony Towns, who's right up there with Anthony Edwards as their best player. I think that I picked the Warriors if there is no Andrew Wiggins. I think that they've had a lot of struggles and question marks this year. If they're planning on relying on Gary Payton the second, that is a tough one. Um, considering he's just coming back from an abdominal surgery and probably would typically take even more time to return. Somebody mentioned the Clippers, PG-13, and Kawhi is hurt. I think this one is up there as well. It's going to depend on what ends up happening with pg um, I didn't know there was something going on with Kawhi, if that is the case, according to Tyler in the chat here. Um, obviously would kind of change the way that I look at that, but that's another team that stands out to me. The Kings have played the, have won a majority of those games in that season series, but I think they've all been extremely close games, uh, as obviously everybody remembers. Um, let's see. There is also the Pelicans that are sitting right there. Like, give me the Pelicans. I would do that one easily, but... To me, I think it's one of those Phoenix, LA, Minnesota, Golden State. It very much could be the Pelicans, actually. You know, they are half a game out of that sixth spot. I mean, shit, it could be the Lakers or OKC as well. And I don't want too much to do with the Lakers, to be honest, but I'm good with OKC. Obviously, I'd take Dallas in a heartbeat. Dallas is my most favorable matchup, but they're currently two games out of the sixth seed. We'll see if they're, they, could maybe be able to pull that off, but they're three and seven in their last 10 games. So we'll see if they're able to, to move up. If that team doesn't make the postseason, by the way, that has disaster written all over it, man. There's a chance that that team just does not keep Kyrie Irving. And then I think there's a conversation that may need to be have about Luka Doncic. So we'll see. Dallas, my most favorable matchup, um, but between Phoenix, L.A., Minnesota, Golden State, 
Golden State and LA are the two that stand out to me. I do think there are some serious concerns with Minnesota with as as we kind of saw tonight. You know, the Kings will shoot better than they did tonight, but as you heard in those post-game quotes, what it comes down to is that you, you have to be able to play some defense, get some stops, and get out in transition on the other end. And obviously, this Kings team is pretty shit at defense, to be blunt. So we'll see if they're able to pull it off. Um, I appreciate everybody that's been sticking around and consuming the content. I, I know that I had a lull for a while there, but I've been back to pumping these out pretty regularly. Um, had a lot going on. and. It's going to be a busy week. So also the Stockton Kings have their first postseason game coming on Sunday. I know I said I was going to have an article the other day, um, but I ended up delaying that because of potential clenching reasons. It just didn't make sense to put that out when it came to uh, scheduling on the site and everything. But that is what it is. Um, so stay on the lookout for that. I'll, I'll have a little bit of a preview at some point here. And, and I'll probably do a pod focusing on the Stockton kings at some point here um i'm curious what the interest in that would be because i do have a lot of audio clips i I think i've spent more time at stockton than anybody and than any of the other media members this year and gotten a good chance to talk with with some of the guys there obviously coach bobby jackson keon ellis namias kata and uh, some of the other guys jordan ford i think is phenomenal i I have a lot of interest in dj stewart i will say there's wessel one do there's chance comanche comanche um there's some interesting players on that team and there's a reason that they're the number one seed going into the postseason so i appreciate you guys uh shout out sean saying great pod alex figs my guy saying the same thing i appreciate you guys um that's gonna do it for me long last couple days disappointing sacramento wasn't able to pull it off but keep in perspective man first home game in 16 years 17 17 years 16 seasons is going to be in golden one center because this team is a home seat a home court advantage team in the first round and that's phenomenal and the players coaching staff deserve credit for that this building is going to be phenomenal then just like it was great today i know they weren't able to pull it off but that's what ended up happening so it is what it is sometimes things don't work out quite as storybook as you would hope for them to so that's going to do it for me guys um i appreciate everybody listening definitely take a look at the king's herald for written work from myself and all the other great guys and gals that are a part of that site and take a look at their patreon to support local independent king's coverage and if you enjoyed this episode of the king's Bulls podcast please subscribe rate and review and you'll hear from me again in the next couple days